Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. With more than 100,000 guests each year, the 27-year-old tradition of terror behind the walls is scarier than ever. The haunted attraction is a fundraiser for Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia's historic Fairmount neighborhood. Eastern State is the nation's first penitentiary, built in 1829. Eastern State was founded by three men, Dr. Benjamin Rush, who some call the father of American psychiatry, the Benjamin Franklin, and Bishop William White, director of Christ Church and one of the founders of the Episcopal faith in Philadelphia. They all came together in the late 1700s with the idea of making prisons less miserable and more productive. The seeds of Eastern State Penitentiary were planted. Now, the penitentiary serves as an educational facility, highlighting the prison's history and the current epidemic of mass incarceration in the United States. But it's also famously haunted. The facility had reports of mysterious visions and eerie experiences that date back to the 1940s. More than 60 paranormal teams a year take the time to visit the grounds. We took a road trip to the allegedly haunted property on site in Philadelphia. It's this reputation that makes Terror Behind the Walls such an attraction to the masses. We sat down with Amy Holloman. She's the creative director of the Terror Behind the Walls experience and holds quite a few titles. As a creative director, I oversee all creative production, including costume, makeup, technical set design, uh, theatrical scripting. I also oversee the hiring of all of our staff members, which is about 350 total. I also happen to be the HR representative as well as the spokesperson, and I serve as one of the three general managers for the show. Six different areas of Eastern State Penitentiary contribute their space to the experience, and each of the areas house a different part of what makes Terror Behind the Walls special. Zigzagging back and forth between the hallways, we made our way through the first area, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and finally, the sixth. So everything that makes Terror Behind the Walls so scary, that's mostly you're doing? I lead a team that does that. So when you have an event that's about 27 years old, it would be ridiculous to think that one person could have done all this. I mean, that would be a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. Um, So what I do is I come up with creative ideas and I work with a team of people and we come up with tons and tons of ideas. So a lot of what I do is narrowing and filtering and figuring out ways to get down to the final product. So, uh, yeah, I do come up with a lot of creepy stuff, though. Well, what goes into that? Like, do you guys do any research into, like, people and how they behave? Or 
like, is it just kind of come naturally? Uh, we do a lot of research. So we do some research in current existing horror as well as attractions and seeing what's out there in the market and how people are responding to it. I consider every season is a live test environment for seasons to come. So we watch people and see how they react. And we've learned over years and years the art of the scare. So sometimes it's like a formula or I call it a scare sequence. So it might start with a distraction. So a door and a light flickering and moving around. And that's where people's eyes are drawn. And once that happens, it's easier for an actor to appear and startle them. Stay out of my blood. It is, I guess I'd say it's an art. There's certainly scientists who study this. Um, my wife is a sociologist who studies fear. So uh, she certainly tells me very interesting things from time to time. But um, we take the experience we've built on in these last 27 years and continue to grow and make it better for the visitor. Just like any other major company, we do surveys, we do focus groups, um, and we try stuff out. I myself get into costume and makeup in the show so I can uh -oh. experience people's reactions, see them screaming, see where they laugh. Is it Do we want them to laugh at this or do we want it to be scarier? So every night I go through the show multiple times, whether I'm in costume and makeup or in a cloak quietly watching you and you have no idea. Uh, and we make those adjustments in real time so we can always make sure our product is at its finest. With each iteration, a refinement of what happens before and even more so, a longevity that keeps some of the most dedicated fans coming back for more each year. The event employs more than 200 cast members who spook, scare, and bring horror to life. Amy says that on top of the Hollywood-level costumes and animatronics employed, visitors really get a customized experience due to the actor's ability to change things up a bit. An actor can look at your body language and decide how they're going to scare you. Now, the scares, for the most part, are scripted and within boundaries for each attraction because if the same thing happened to you uh, 50 times in an hour-long experience, you'd eventually get bored and just inundated, you know? So we want to make sure we design for variety and then allow the actors to use their real skills because they're not robots and to watch people and know how to scare them well. So... Um, we're always adjusting and trying to make it better for the visitor. But there could be someone who comes through just a few groups before you that would say they'd have a different experience. Uh, a few years ago, we added an option for people to decide if they want the more interactive, intense experience. And what this means is they're given a choice to wear a tracking device, which is really a fancy word for a glow necklace. And this allows the actors to know that they can touch you, grab you, separate you from your group, and take you down dark corridors. Oh, you wanna play a game? Come on, let's play a game. Choo-choo train goes in the tunnel. Come along now, go! So for people who are really want to go to that next level, or they're big horror fans, or they're just adventurous, this is a great option for them. Now, if at any point in time that becomes too intense, you can just toss that glow necklace off, and believe me, I see them pop and fly through the air, and you can still go through the attractions and see all the action, but rest assured you won't be touched or pulled away from your friends. And even for people who are still so scared, there's like a third level, which is... Uh, we give people sort of a secret code, and they can say, monster be good. Monster be good. So if a zombie pops out, 
and they're really freaked out. The zombie will go away. This is something that I've seen, seem to see that's very rewarding for children. Yeah. Because you're giving them the power. You know, they're really the hero. They are afraid while they're here, but the idea is we want to power them so they feel courageous. And when they come out, that they've survived. You know, and of, of course, when we're designing, everything's safe. And that's why people feel comfortable coming to Terror Behind the Walls, because they know they can let their guard down and know this is established business. There's nothing shady happening here. They know they can let their guard down and really scream. And... That adrenaline rush just, it's so good for you. It takes you out of your everyday life. You're, I got to check my phone, or maybe I should post on social media, or, oh, no, I forgot to fill out my timesheet at work. You know, all these things that we <laughs> are dealing with in our normal routines. Like, this is a chance to step out of that. You know, and I think of it as we're scaring you, that we're really giving you a gift of an hour of release, you know? How much of the history behind Eastern State is used in the haunted portion of the tours? We don't, we use inspiration from Eastern State, but we don't use any actual history or we don't have any characters who are named after real people who lived or worked here because we don't think we need to do that to scare people, yeah. to entertain them. Visitors, however, visitors can come at night on a VIP flashlight guided tour, which is about the history. So a lot of people opt, they pay a little extra, they come here, they go on a flashlight guided tour through the dark cell blocks, and it is creepy, but you're learning real content, real history about the building, and then you get dropped right to the front of terror behind the walls. So I do think that's a very enriching experience for those guests to hear about the history of this building and go into the attraction. I'm sure for them, it allows them to increase the backstory that they imagine. But we don't really need to have someone rattle a jar and say, I'm Al Capone or something yeah. like that. Because I was a real person who lived here and served time, and we also want to make sure we're respecting those people. What made you want to get into this line of work? Well, I've always loved haunted houses and creepy things. Um, my friends and I, when I was a little kid, used to build haunted houses in his basement while our parents were upstairs having cocktail parties. And then we'd charge them like a quarter to come to our haunted house. So, you know, and I And they started, had a blast. Yeah. Um, and we would just keep and growing it. I remember one time we were like, we need dry ice. We did, you know, had to ask one of the dads, like, will you go get us dry ice? We need this effect, you know? So that's when it really started for me. Um, strangely enough, at my sixth grade birthday party, I made all the little girls who come for a sleepover watch the film 12 Monkeys, which is a strange time travel, like sci-fi horror flick. And I couldn't believe when I moved to Philadelphia for college, I went to Ursinus College. I came to visit for college day on the parkway. I think it had a slightly different name back then. I saw Eastern State for the first time and I thought, this looks just like 12 Monkeys. And little did I know that 12 Monkeys actually shot here Really? At Eastern State. They actually shot right here. And it was the closest place, you know, when I... So I had seen this place. I thought it was cool. I thought, I have some sort of strange cosmic connection here. And then I was working for AmeriCorps and needed some extra cash. And I thought, I'd love to scare people for money. I auditioned, and they hired me. That was 13 years ago. And ever since, I just... They keep promoting me for some reason. <laughs> And uh, I just get to continue to scare people and lead an amazing team of people 
who are actors who by daytime might be sell insurance, they're teachers, they're all different types of people. And it's just really cool to see all those people come together for a common cause to raise money for this building and to entertain people who come from all over the world just to see us. Lastly, what do you think it is about Eastern State or prisons in general that gives such a scary, haunted vibe to them? Well, I'll answer to Eastern State specifically. Obviously, you know, it's a very old, scary-looking building. So when some people see it, they don't even think at first it's a prison. They think it's some sort of strange Gothic castle. Its design is confusing. When you come in the front of the building, it's you don't know exactly where you're supposed to go. So I think that really allures people here. And the fact that it sat for 20 years and crumbled... Uh, gives this authenticity that people crave. People are very interested in the idea of urban exploring these days, you know, going into old abandoned buildings and just feeling some of the remaining energy of what was happening there. People are scared of institutions. The idea that there's an overarching power, that you might be powerless in this space and there might be a whole system to hold you in that way. I think that prisons, uh, mental institutions, um, I went to a boarding school. It was great, but still an institutional feeling. I think people are intrigued by these spaces, particularly with prisons. For people who have not been inside a prison, I think there's a lot of mystery. You know, they're emulated on TV and in movies all the time, but unless you've really gone into a real functioning prison, you don't know what it's like so I think people think this is a safe way to experience like what a taste might be like but particularly the eastern state it's a very old prison so I think you can literally instead of just opening a book or watching something on tv you can literally step back in time and imagine like what would this be like now we put in a lot of special effects and so uh but I think it helps people sort of think of a different time and, and scary, but know that they can still get out of this institution safely. Listen with the Lights On is produced by WAMC Northeast Public Radio with assistance from Kristen Gilbert and Ashley Kinsey. Special thanks to Liz Hill, who produced an episode of her podcast, Postcards from the Road, in conjunction with this one. Go check it out especially if you want to learn more on Eastern State and its history. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. Also, we want to thank Terror Behind the Walls at Eastern State Penitentiary for the use of sound and music. As always, we want to remind you to subscribe and leave a review because like everyone else in the pod realm will tell you, it helps us make more podcasts like this one. And finally, we, your hosts, would like to thank you, the listener. As for us, I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. Thanks for listening.